Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hirons, and today we're chatting with Jason Craig. Jason goes by the name of Jason the 29th, and during the show we go deep on pricing, how to find your calling and your own style, competition, pink slips, illustrations, and Jason's background. Talking to Jason really helped me understand my current situation a bit more, uh, and what I'm going through, and, and the current situation I am with pricing. So I really hope it helps you too. I think it's quite a valuable chat that a lot of people can learn from. So without further ado, this is my chat with Jason Craig. Right, well, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. So, can you tell us a bit more about yourself, your background, how you got into design? Uh, so, I'm originally from the the, um, the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois, in central Illinois, and it, it snowed a lot, and there was not a lot of stuff to do there, and I was always creative. I would draw and, and paint and just whatever I could do, you know. I was never really into art class because I didn't like structure, but I just would doodle and, and all that. Um, and... After, after I got out of high school, I moved to the South, to Augusta, Georgia, and uh, I kind of, to offset, I, I wanted to have like a fine art career and paint, and I was kind of worried about that because I have family and, you know, I want to be responsible and all that, and so um, I needed something that I felt was like more stable, and so I got into graphic design through that, but I continued to really push for my fine art career and I would sell paintings and do commissions for a long time. And then about, I don't know, maybe about eight or nine years ago, it like a, a switch kind of flipped in my head and I became more interested in design than the art side of it. And it was kind of weird because before then, you know, I, I, I wasn't a bad designer, but I wasn't like, trying very hard to be a good designer either and so I, I would spell everything right and line it up correctly and all that stuff and I'd get the job done you know I'd get a paycheck but I wasn't like I wouldn't get into magazines I wasn't being asked to talk at conferences you know I wasn't pushing any kind of boundaries I was just working in a cubicle and, and kind of keeping my head down and so um, something changed you know and I kind of got interested in it and realized that the same kind of of uh, emotions that you can put into art, you know, you can put similar things into your design through your ideas, you know, you can be clever with your design, you can be smart with your design. And so I kind of understood that there was a personality to it. And the things that I liked about doing art, uh, I started putting that into my design. And the things that I didn't like about art, I, I didn't have to do anymore. So like painting for me was always like very tedious and, and stressful, but to get my idea down, you know, I like that. So I could do that a lot better through design. And so, you know, making a logo or you've been an illustration, you know, I can convey the thoughts that I want to do like I would with art, but through design. And so it just, I don't know, something clicked and I just started, it just started working for me, you know, and, and now I, I love it. Nice. Yeah. How do you, because that's something people struggle with a lot, is putting themselves in their work. Like you, you, know, you see styles that you want to emulate and you want to, you want to do online over on Instagram and everything. Uh, you know, you see people that you want to be like, and you start copying their work and you start you know, right. doing stuff that they're doing. How, how do you put your own style on things and how, do you, how have you done that and how have you created your own personal way? So I was kind of lucky. I mean, it was, it was, it was weird because the way that I would, I, I kept my design stuff separate from my art and illustration. And so the two never really met and I would go to work and not do any illustration. I would just do strictly design and, and layouts and publications and stuff. And at the same time I was trying to build an illustration career. 
and the two rarely met each other. And so whenever it did finally get to the point where I could integrate all the things that I do and just be me as opposed to, you know, Jason, the designer, Jason, the illustrator, Jason, the artist. Now it's just Jason, the creative. I could pull those elements that I was already doing into the design like I'd never done before, you know, and, and even now, whenever I put together a slide with my work, like it's a lot more illustrative than I thought. And there's a lot more like hand lettering than I thought and a lot more typography and just a lot more like, like started from scratch type of things than I even realized I was doing. So, um, in a way I kind of was able to pull from my own resources and, and start to incorporate those things. So that was, I was pretty fortunate that I could do that. So what, so what do people, what should people do then? What, what, how can they pull from their own sort of? Their own um, I, I think that honestly, anything, anything that you want to get better at is through repetition. You know, I mean, your style has to evolve and, and to evolve, you have to do a lot of it. So, I mean, I think that we all go through this, that phase where we like parody things. I mean, I have stickers that I made that look like a UPS logo, but it says beer or something, you know, uh, I think we all go through those. And while like, it might not be the best thing to generate new ideas, it makes you better at the tools, you know? So if, if you can learn Illustrator or Photoshop by doing parodies of things, you know, by all means do that if you're, if you're into it, you know, cause it's going to make you better. And then whenever you're, whenever you're, creativeness kind of catches up to your hands you'll all you'll, you'll be ready for it yeah yeah that's good uh so so how have you like what do you call your style as well because that's one thing I've, I've struggled to put a name on like if you should uh, oh, man. you know it's it's i definitely i'm not i'm not i don't go for minimal stuff i mean I, i'm definitely not minimal um but i also i try not to do like the two like the grungy stuff you know, I try not to make it too like distressed. I used to, but it was almost like an afterthought. Like I would, I would lay out my design and then I would add some distress to it because that was what was popular. Um, but I just, you know, I like clean lines, you know, I like, I like good, clean, like thick and thin lines. Um, I like bold typography. Some people have, have said I have like a masculine design style, but you know, I can also, I put a lot of floral patterns into my work too. So um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I, 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 it's a tough blend. You know, there's like some real illustrative stuff, like almost some like tattoo style things to, um, to just really clean. I, I like it really clean. You know, that's what I try for. No, I, I like the illustration stuff. I feel like it's a bit slightly on the retro side. Like, like a funky yeah. retro. I like that. It's a lot. It's like, it is perfect for tattoos as well. I think, I think I might have to contact you later on. About this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you ever use like a graphics tablet or, or like an iPad or something? So I've started in the past year. I've been using uh, Procreate and, a, and an iPad, and um, I really like it. I had a lot of people whenever uh, they whenever they became affordable and people were getting them. They, you know, I'd go to conferences and they'd show them to me, and they'd be like, "I got this," and I thought of you. And then eventually, I was just constantly getting people, especially on Instagram, that were just sending me a message, and they're like do you have this yet? You know, it's like, as soon as I got this, I thought of you. And so I went out and got one and like, man, not only do I love it, but like it, it paid for itself almost immediately. Like I just, I wish I'd have got it sooner. Um, so, you know, I make my, all my own brushes for it. I've, I've downloaded people's brushes, but I don't really understand them. So I just make my own. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. And it doesn't replace everything, you know, because it's still like, the thought behind what you do is what's important, but what it does, it makes it so that if I think of something, I can have it down so much faster than like pulling out pencil and paper or 
inking something, you know, and I still draw by hand, but you know, you can just like, it's that repetition thing. You can generate so many ideas, you know, because it's just there, you know, with, instead of dragging out a bunch of supplies and looking for a pencil sharpener or whatever, like your Sharpie running out, you know, you just hit that on button and you can be drawn in the, in five seconds and then you can just set it back down. So like, you know, you can get something out there and come back to it later, you know, when you have time. And so it, it, it almost, to me, it replaces a sketchbook, I guess. Right. Um, do a lot more sketching with it than I can on paper. So I, I, I really like it. Yeah. And it's endless as well. Like I, I've been talking to a lot of people about getting one. Um, I think it might, it, it may enhance my sort of illustration side. Uh, is that what, is that like, is that what's helped you a bit more? If you, now you've got this, you're saying do more sketches. Right. I would say if you, if you already draw, get one. Right. right. I mean, I know designers that don't draw very much. Um, and I don't necessarily think that it'll make you a, a better, drawer per se um because it doesn't do a lot of work for you you know it does make it quicker but it doesn't it doesn't accentuate what you're doing you know because it's to me it's so true to form that's why i like it you know whenever i draw with that i can dial it in so it looks just like if i was drawn with uh, the pencil i use yeah you know so that's why and i still use the same technique you know I'll like lay down a layer of pencil and then i'll ink on top of that and then ink on top of that just like i would you know, with a light table and, and vellum or anything else that I draw with. So that's, that's really why I like it. Do you not think there's anything like missing from, from having the real, the real thing, like the real physical drawing? It, it, there is. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's the imperfections, you know, like the, the happy accidents that whenever you're drawing on paper and, and you, there's no undo. And so sometimes you, you draw something you didn't intend to and you have to make the best of it. And some of the best work comes from that. Uh, so you definitely because you have that undo, you know, there's, there's no chance of anything getting better than you ever intended it to be, you know, um, whereas with paper or any raw material, you know, sometimes, you know, you accidentally make things better than they could have been. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, talking, talking of learning and making mistakes and, and carrying on a lot of things, the young designers, especially myself, I'm struggling with at the moment is pricing. And I heard you talk to Diane uh, Gibbs on that on our podcast about this. And I'd like to know a bit more if, if you want to share it, like about how you went from how you developed your, your pricing strategy and, and like talking about value-based pricing you mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. So um, a lot of time, you know, uh, right now I feel it's like a really great time for designers because I, I mean, people, people will pay for good design. They'll pay for good work and um, you just have to, you just have to be willing to come out and charge them for it, you know, and it's, and it's kind of funny to say that um, designers kind of, we do a disservice because everybody kind of knows what a plumber should cost and kind of what a mechanic should cost, but because designers don't talk about what they charge, then the, the people that are hiring us, you know, if they talk to five designers, they're going to get five different prices. And so those people all know what, they can get away with, but we don't, you know, we don't know what the other four guys are charging. And so we're at a really a disadvantage. And so your two choices are try to be the cheapest guy or stick to your prices and, and just kind of, you know, be willing to take a lot of no answers and, and see what works and just adjust from there. Uh, for the longest time, you know, I would do stuff for just next to nothing. And as I kind of got a little bit smarter and better at it, um, you know, prices went up and then they kind of, I kind of got my price into a model where, you know, if I'm going to actually do this for a living, this is how much I need to make. This isn't a hobby. This is a job. And, 
you know, I get, I should get paid X, you know? And so the way that I do it, you know, I, I, I know how much it takes for me to live and I know how much I want to make and, and I kind of price it in there, but I had a situation where my prices were too low. And so I was attracting a lot of the kind of work that I didn't want to do. And a lot of it was like, you know, I was getting calls from like lawyers and doctor's offices and, and realtors, you know, like the stuff that, you know, none of us are going to put on Instagram. You know, and so I didn't know how to get out of doing that stuff without just saying no, because I, I wasn't getting a lot of other stuff. You know, it's like those people were calling me nonstop, but, but it wasn't like I was just getting a huge variety. It was like this, this, this one, this one area was calling me. And so I raised up my prices. And what happened was, uh, you know, those calls quit coming because all of a sudden my prices were out of, out of their range. And then some opportunities did come up to where, you know, it was the kind of stuff that I wanted to do and they were willing to pay for it. And because I got that first job at that next price point, then I got the next one and the next one. And so I wasn't bogged down, you know, making a trifold brochure that I didn't want to make. And so whenever the, the poster gig came up, I was like, oh, I'm too busy. Sorry, I can't do it. I was ready for it. And that just kind of snowballed into the kind of work that I want to do. And so since about, um, I guess somewhere around the beginning or, or end of like 2016, 2017, like I, I've been very selective about the work that I've been doing. And I've basically almost every job that I've done is something that I would post up on Instagram or put on my dribble page, you know, and it's not like, you know, tucked away where I don't want anybody to find out that I did it. Um, and I think that's because I, I raised my prices up to a point where I got that kind of work. But then I still think that I have like, like two more steps up to go in my pricing because right now, even at those prices, I'm so busy that I have no time to, I just don't have a lot of time to be um, as choosy as I want to be. And so if I'm that busy, I could probably raise my prices again. So do you think the reason why youngsters and, and young designers and first time designers choose lower prices and go with the lower prices because they're scared of missing out on the work? Yeah, I do. I do. And, uh, and, and I think that, I think that there's no, I think that all that is like a sliding scale. So right now to me, like there was a time whenever I said yes to everything. Um, and it felt great. I love saying yes to everything. I love doing all that work. I love making people happy, you know, and getting my work seen and out there. Um, and then I was in a meeting one day and, you know, I, I felt like I was in control of, of my work and my career and all that stuff. And the client I was talking to is a great guy. And he's like, you know, I need this thing in too short of a time and I need it with too less money. And all of a sudden, like all the control that I had going into this meeting, you know, all of a sudden he was getting all the control. He's telling me when he wants it, how much he's going to pay me, you know, dictating everything. And like, I literally, I could feel like my hands and feet like go numb, you know, and like I was getting this like anxiety and I was like shaky, you know, and I was sitting in there and it was like, you know, this little guy inside was like, oh man, this is, you're losing. This isn't going the way you want it to go. And I just, like, I said, no, you know, and I said, no, I can't, I can't do it for that. I can't do any of that, you know? 
And it was crazy because, like, it was like, you know how, like, on the Grinch, the Who Stole Christmas, like, his heart grew, like, ten sizes? It was like that. Like, everything came back. Like, all of a sudden, like, there was no anxiety. And all of a sudden, like, the whole thing shifted from him being in control to me being back in control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not like it's a big sacrifice because he wasn't going to give me that much money anyway. And he wasn't going to, um, you know, let me do a great job with it, as rushed as it was. And so saying no at that point made a lot of sense. And then I was able to refer him to somebody else who really needed that money and really needed to get some work quick, you know? And, and so it all worked out. I didn't just leave him hanging, but it, it showed me that not every single job is a fit. You know, even if it's something you've done before, the next time the circumstances might change, your circumstances change, your interests change, you know? And so it might not be a fit next time. There was a time if somebody would have offered me $500 for a logo in five days, I would have felt like angels had just came from heaven, you know, because there was a time where like I was struggling and, and was like eating at Burger King every day because I didn't have any money and an extra $500. I, I would have probably bragged about that to everybody, you know? And so um, it just depends on where you're at, you know, and how, how comfortable you are, I guess, and how much more work you plan on getting and, and all that stuff. But um, it has to make sense to you. So if you're young, I would definitely, if you're going to say no to things, I would be, I would say that's because you already have other work to do. But if you have nothing to do, especially if you have no money, I would definitely say yes. Cause you know, you got to kind of, you got to take short steps and, and take care of yourself short term before you can get comfortable thinking long term. You yeah. can't just start out thinking long-term, I don't think. So it's part of the process then. You, you sort of have to go through that bit where you're saying that sort of thing. You have to sort of maybe take it on the chin a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. And the thing too is it, it makes you get good. I mean, there's I, I don't feel like any designer who is going to give advice to other people shouldn't be able to lay out a business card or make a PowerPoint presentation or a sales deck. Like we should all be able to do that in our sleep to say that we can do all these other things or we can say no to a job. If we say no to a job, it better be a job that we can do if we want to, you know, don't say no to a job. You know, I'm not going to lay out your catalog because you really just can't do it. You know, we should all be able to do those things. And, and so I think as a young designer, developing skills is the best thing you can do, you know, do the things that we all hate to do and do them really well. And then, you know, if your car breaks down, like if my car broke down right now, like I could go out and get one of those little jobs that I didn't necessarily want to do and get my car fixed. You know, you should be able to do the same thing. That's good. That's good. Actually. I, I really like that. The uh, sort of learning, learning to do or start your career, learning to do the stuff that you, you know, people don't want to do in gen in general, like the, not the basics. Cause it's, you know, some like laying out castle can be quite advanced, but like the stuff that some people, I don't know, cause some people find that sort of stuff interesting but right yeah no i mean that's that's one of the things the secrets that that uh that that a lot of people don't know about me is that my background is in publication design and i could i could sit in here and put on some music and lay out the phone book and i would have a blast i would have so much more fun laying out a phone book than i do creating a logo for a restaurant right and, and the reason is is um i know when the phone book is right you know, whenever I, whenever I hit save at the end of it, I'm like, this is 100% correct, and I know it. If you do a logo, it could be the coolest logo that you ever made, and they might just not like it, mm. you know? And it's like, that doesn't happen with publications. The publications, they're right. 
or they're wrong. You know, with, with identities, it's like, there's so much, you know, personal taste that goes into it and all that, that it's stressful, you know? So I like doing publications like that. And if somebody, you know, wants me to lay out some stuff that, that I can open up InDesign and, and sit down for a couple hours and, and do that. Like, I love doing it. It's just like, it's like meditating for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally. I, I hate that. I can't do that. You hate it. <laughs> I can't. I can't do layout design. I'm not a fan. Um, but that goes back to like. I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm probably at the stage where I'm like five hundred dollars or five hundred pounds. That's not bad. That's like for like. So I'm probably at that stage. Uh, right. I want to move on, like you say. Uh, but but then I've just like I've just admitted that I don't. I can't do layout design. No, I don't. I can, but I don't really like it and I enjoy it. But right. It's like talking about having that stuff you can do i'm trying to think about how i can move to the next level but know that i've already done this level and that if that makes sense right like i don't want to move on but people like i don't want to go out there charging too much but then because i'm worried that i won't get any clients because i'm not good enough sort of thing right well i mean the way another way to think about it, you know too many people i think they think of it as like a ladder and so like you start you know, you start in a place and then you keep, you keep climbing on this ladder and all they're thinking about is like how, how high the ladder goes. But you also have to think about like how wide the ladder is. Okay. So like I climbed up to the point where I was a creative director. Whenever I was a creative director, that, that the rung on that ladder was so narrow that there was hardly any room to stand on it. And all I was doing was I was in meetings and there was not a lot of options and every day was the same, you know, and, and I, I hated it from almost day one. But I thought that's where I was supposed to be. And it took me, it was like three months into doing it where I realized that I had not designed a single thing. You know, I, I hadn't sat down and came up with a single idea and I was miserable. Yeah. And so I backed down to uh, one step down, which is where I'm at now. It's a senior designer. And, you know, everybody's ladder might be different, but that's how I see it, a senior designer. And instead of saying, okay, I'm going to step down, I'm, what I say is I'm going to broaden this spectrum as wide as I can and find out how much I can do with this role, you know, and, and, and just take it out as far left and right as I can so that I have a lot of options. And so whenever I come in every day, I'm doing a lot of different things. And so the way that I see a senior designer is somebody who not only designs, but helps other designers become better and identifies problems and then helps solve them, you know? And so you're not just, taking orders and, and making things pretty, you know why they're pretty, you know why they're effective. And so that's at every level. You know, if you're a junior designer, that's the part where you should learn how to do publications. You should learn logos. You should try to get some illustration in their typography, color theory. I mean, everything that you can get at that level and not just say, okay, this is a rung on the ladder. I'm going to do the least amount here so I can get up to the next rung. Like wear that thing out, you know, learn everything that you can. You know, and that way, whenever, you know, you do go to look for a job or, or a client that might not be exactly a fit, but you can say, okay, well, I do have experience in that, you know, because a lot of times they'll want specific experience, you know, and if you've never created a pocket folder for a hospital, you might not get that hospital logo job, you know, and so um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a better way to look at it than just up and down, look at it from side to side too. Um, because you know, there's so many, this industry, like, especially, okay, so we go to these conferences, right. And we all call ourselves creatives, but so many people have different jobs, like different tasks, you know I mean? Even within like, you know, you can divide it up into print designers versus web designers, mm. but within that, you know, the web designers have 
25 different things that they do that like they that are different and the print designers might have a hundred things that we do that are just completely different you know and then there's just people inventing new ways to look at it you know and so um i say learn as much of that stuff as you can just it's like having it's like having your like like your arsenal you know like you got like a, a room full of weapons that you can use for any job you know it's just it's just going to be better for you you know in the long run i'm not a huge fan of the uh the the name jack of all trades but i mean it's sort of like that you starting out as one of those and then you it may be narrowed down to sort of where you want to go right right well you find the things that you're interested in doing you know and and the, what i ask designers is like whenever i ask how they identify themselves it's tough because even me like to the i'm to the point where i'm just say i like to draw you know, I mean, yes, I'm a print designer, but I'm not always designing for print. So I just like, I like to draw my way out of problems. But what I say is like, whenever you're not working, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about websites? Are you thinking about logos? Are you thinking about drawing? Because whatever you're thinking about in your downtime is probably the thing that you should be pursuing in your on time, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, if you, if you look at a magazine and you're like, oh man, this paper is incredible. Yeah. you know which i do you know i'll sit there and just feel the paper i'll buy like a martha stewart magazine because the paper is 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 really cool paper you know because i'm a print designer i like it you know i could talk about it for a long time i look at a website and i might know i, I might feel like i like it or i might not like it but i don't know why mm. you know and honestly i it, i don't care enough to find out i mean i know enough web that i can do my job if i need to but i don't lay in bed thinking about you know ux yeah. So I, I think whatever you think about in your downtime, that's the kind of things that you should try to try to at least push into your into your work. Yeah, uh, that's, that's uh, summed up my question very, very well. So thanks for that. Um, so let's talk a bit about uh, getting a group of friends or like because you've got these people that you hand out work to that you, you don't want to do or you can't do for some reason. Uh, so, so how do you how do you go around selecting those people? Because I, I want to build up this team of designers eventually, and eventually own agency. Um, so. Honestly, the the best way to to get that is just is organically, really. I mean, you know, friends are kind of like nicknames. You know, you can't you can't force them on yourself. You know, right. um, uh, and 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 the thing you got to do is just kind of be open and available, and and you know, and and. and people you'll gravitate towards people that are like-minded with you you know and you'll find the people that, that are good for you that help you grow and then you'll find the people that just love everything that you do and no matter what you do they're like oh yeah that's great and and those people serve their purpose but you really need people that are uh, critical and help you help you grow you know and so um the my, my little peer group which you know we help each other a lot you know they do different things than me they're not doing the exact same thing as me and, and their interests aren't identical to mine and their style's not the same to mine and so um but you kind of pick them up you know um um you know i've got friends that i share a studio with here in augusta that we screen print and 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 put on events and i learn from them like almost daily i've got friends at conferences i've got friends on instagram that i talk to all the time you know and so just that that combination creates that like that group of surround me, you know, um, and and uh, you know, I I surround myself with people that like they'll post something on Instagram that's like ten times as good as something that I can do, and I'll just text them, and I'll be like, "You suck," <laughs> you know, just you know, 
you hurt my feelings with that with that last thing that you did um and and that's how i, I you know rather than find people and copy them find people that are working harder than you and then try to work harder than them and and you know it's just like if you're in a race in a sprint you know you're going to do better if you have somebody running next to you than if nobody's running with you yeah this is this is interesting because i was talking to uh, dustin lee about competition yeah and uh looking at other people's instagrams and he said he just doesn't well he didn't do it for a long long time because like you said he got him down and he looked at all these other people's works and and it got himself down um and, and doubting himself uh so how, how do you use competition in a good way then well the, you know you brought up dustin and uh and and he does some stuff where where he kind of he looks for i think he looks for like gaps and tries to fill them you know and so um, that's like a great example. Like um, uh, I took my buddy Justin to creative South the first year that he went and he went to like round to all the merch tables and was looking at all the people's stuff, you know, and everybody had these awesome enamel pins and great t-shirts and great prints, you know, that this is the coolest stuff ever. And he asked me, he was like, you know, what do you think I should make? And I was like, you should make none of that stuff. I was like, you should make something that none of them had, you know, and, and, and he really thought about it for a long time. And, and the stuff that he makes is different than anything that you'll see. And that's the way that I am. Like my, my the stuff that I have is way different than the stuff other people have. I'm not saying it's better, you know, but I'm not trying to make the best enamel pin because every day somebody makes a pin that blows my mind, you know, like every day somebody comes up with a reference that I, it takes me back to like fourth grade. And I'm like, that is the most clever thing ever, you know? And so I, I can't compete with that. And, and even if I did win that battle, you only win it for like a day, you know? And so, um, so I try to do things that are just different, you know, and, and present them in a different way. Um, and, and it works for me, you know, I mean, some people can just make a thousand pins and, and do that or patches or whatever it is, you know, but that's the way that like, I look at competition, you know, I look at it like, I try, I like to see what people are doing. I, you know, I, I think it's part of all of our jobs to know what is popular, you know, not just trending design wise, but I mean, you know, we should know when, when somebody makes a, a Kardashians reference, we should at least know what that is, you know, cause we don't want to be out of touch because the work that we do at the end of the day is consumed by the general public. And if the general public likes to go to Olive Garden and watch the Kardashians, then somehow or another our work needs to relate to those people too and so um we should know about it you know you can't be ignorant of of your audience and so um you know that i'm always mindful of what people are doing you know and, and not to copy them but just to see where that bar set yeah yeah i think it's good using uh i think it's good to use these other people as inspiration and a drive a drive to get you going drive. yeah drive. yeah yeah. And, and the thing too is that, is that not only that, but then you find out the people that you care about that like, you know, you notice somebody doesn't, they're not posting anything up for a while or you haven't heard from them in a while. And you're either thinking, okay, they're on vacation, they're sick, or they're working on something big. Yeah. And that's whatever like, what you're working on. You're doing something good, huh? You know, and sometimes they'll share that stuff with you privately, you know, and then you get to see a little bit behind the scenes, you know, and it's like, you, you know you, you get to know these people and you're happy for them that they're doing such cool work you know yeah uh, it's cool that uh diane said to me when i was talking to her that you know we're on the same we're all the part of the same flower we're all the same uh the same leaf yeah, that's exactly right and and 
and really, you know, there was a time where I didn't feel that way. You know, I, I felt like there, you know, you know, if you, if you want to be a designer, then, and I want to be a designer, I got to chop your head off to make sure that you never take any work from me, you know, and, and that was my mindset for a long time. I mean, that's a lot of people's mindset, but there are so many opportunities. There are so many people out there that are, that are trying to, you know, build their dream, you know, whether it be like a restaurant or a clothing line or whatever. And they all need people like us to help them, you know, and there's, there's tons of work, you know, there's tons of work for all of us. We can share it. We can show each other what we're doing. We can talk to each other about how we get it. You know, it doesn't matter because there's tons of it. So, you know, competition right now, I think it's just to make you better. It's not to steal from you or, or anything like that. It's nothing to be threatened by. Let's uh, let's move on and talk about pink slips. Uh, so, yeah. was it, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, what is it? And yeah, let us know. In so, so, pink slips is is my it's the analog studio that that's kind of like a co-op, but um, not in like any kind of like not in like a corny sense. It's like we just we share resources, um, and we're all in a space, but uh, um, we do printing there, and we kind of just do it for ourselves. We all have our own brands. Um, a few of us kind of serve some other brands that our friends own, but um, right now it, it was started by um, my friend Jacob, and it was me, Jacob, Anna, and Matt, and uh, we all just kind of uh, did our own thing. I did posters, printing. Um, Jacob does some art, and, and he does his printing in a different way, and did fabric stuff, and then Matt is a DJ, and he puts on events that, that he then makes posters for. And uh, and we've they, we've evolved. We've got a couple more people. Brian that has a, a like a skate brand and Lauren who does the ride or die art show. Um, but we opened it up and started doing a art night as well. But basically it's, it's like a big studio. Like it's, it's nothing glamorous. There's no computers. We don't have Wi-Fi in there. Um, it's, that's why it's called analog pink slips analog. And um, it's just an awesome place where you can go and come up with ideas and make things with your hands and, you know, just kind of get away from the computer, get away from dribble and and just make some cool stuff you know um and then we started opening it up to uh, to the public and uh on like third thursdays we opened it up and last time we had like 150 people come in and let me tell you this this place like comfortably could probably like you could probably have 10 or 15 people in there working at one and there was like 150 people in there um so there was one time where i counted there was like 30 people out front on the sidewalk just talking and like drinking and stuff so um it's really cool. Uh, uh, my buddy Aaron DJs and, uh, it's just a cool event. It's just kind of free. There's no rules, you know, just come in and do what you want, find a surface and make something. And it's just really different, you know, cause you got to do things like that to get back to, you know, the monotony of staring at a computer. You know, I just, I, I fucking hate hitting the power button twice a day, you know, and, and saying that that's where your job is, is in between, you know, turning your computer on and turning it off. You know, I mean, there's so much more than that. Yeah, that's that's a nice little statement. I was going to ask you how, how important it is, but you pretty much summed it up. Oh my god! It, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it. I think it. I mean, it 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 really changed a lot for me because um, it it was. It's just it's it's really important. You know, it's important that I have the, that outlet. You know, um, and and really, it hasn't like I like what I want it to be. Like really, what my goal is that I could like wake up on a nice day, go lock myself in that studio uh, with nothing, with a clear head. And then at, by the end of the day, come out with a product 
that is cool, you know, print a poster or make some buttons or whatever I can find, you know, and just come out and have something just to, just to show for that day, you know, and, and that's really my ultimate goal there. It's not a money-making thing. I mean, you know, I do sell my prints and things at conferences and, and online, but it's really just about like getting that creativity out and then doing it with your hands, which can be frustrating, you know, in a learning process. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, how, how long do you say you spend in there a day? Um, as, so I'm usually there about, depending on the time of year, two days a week right. and then some nights. So I'll be there tonight, you know, uh, making some stuff, but, um, you know, I'll spend a couple eight hour days a week there. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah. especially when everyone's going, I don't want to sound like, you know, one of those hippie people that says get away from the screens and everything, but yeah that balance i think um whether it's just going for a walk or just getting away from the desk it's also good for your health as well not looking looking at the screen all the time and i said getting up out of the chair or, or like moving around I think it's, it's it's very important I think no it, it is and 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 you find out like you also it's humbling because like you know there was a while where i was sitting all my screen prints off to get them printed and you know print back oh your steps look great you know these printed great and then i started making them for myself and it's like i have failure after failure after failure you know, and it's frustrating because screen printing takes time and, and a lot of energy. And whenever you fail, it's like, man, I just lost a whole day. And it's hard to stay excited about your original idea whenever your your technical limitations are not helping you any, you know. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes it would be like you just want to throw the stuff down and walk away from it. You know, but you kind of you kind of push through it and figure something out, and then you learn from it. You know, so um, the first designs that I did in there were super ambitious. You know, they had a lot of color, they had a lot of, you know, um, registration, and I've become a better designer because I know whenever I go to print things, my limitations, and so I know how much harder it's going to be if I do three colors versus two, or you know, if I don't consider my paper choice that I'm buying, and that's the other thing too is like all this, all the money that I invest in it is my money, you know? And so I own a hundred percent of my work at that point. I'm not being hired by a client or paid by somebody else. And so it's very liberating, you know, and, and, and it is very powerful to, to pay for your own failures, you know, after a while. Yeah. That's cool. I like, I like the way you look at that. Uh, I'm going to have to sort something out over here. Be cool to get something. <laughs> be cool. I mean, I'm not in London, but I'm sure there'd be something similar in London. Yeah. Yeah, I'll think about yeah, it. I mean, get into a space where you can just make some stuff, even if it's not like your thing, you know, just make some stuff. Yeah. Just go. I was thinking whilst you're saying that, I made a, because the podcast is called Creative Waffle, I made a, like a golden waffle. Uh, yeah. Like a proper, it's like an actual like, waffle we can buy at a supermarket. I, I painted it in uh, PVC glue, so it sort of sealed it all up, sprayed it. Yeah. Spread it gold and I can't find it. I think it's going a bit moldy now though. <laughs> so I don't know about that. <laughs> Probably should throw it away and get a new one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a good way to learn though. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, you get that undo button and you get addicted to it. And then, you know, you make something out here in the real world and, and, and you learn a lot faster. I made a I made an iMac out of toast once. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was for a school project. So that was cool. Um, actually, for my... I don't know if you got you haven't got GCSEs over there, but it's like for our end of school like qualification as part of that. Right. It's like a, a fully like full sized iMac out of like cooked toast. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really want to do something like that again now. Yeah. After the, yeah. Just do something. Just start. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's all. I mean, even if it's just like on the back burner, like something you pick up while you're saving files or something, you know, I mean, I know people that buy like uh, Lego kits and they, and like they reward themselves. Like when I get done with this project, I'm going to build this thing out of Legos. I mean, just uh, to me, that's awesome. And I found out how expensive Legos are. But, um, <laughs> they are. Yeah. But, yeah. These days. Yeah. 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 I picked up, of course I picked up the set. It's like $300. I was like, yeah, I'm going to set this back down. Yeah. Don't drop it. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool uh yeah that's actually like a good one because it's you just sort of you following instructions or you can just figure it out yourself it's quite a relaxing thing to do as well yeah. like getting you can see the progression obviously which is cool uh what what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned whilst going out on your own and, and doing it for yourself um the biggest lesson i've learned and and i kind of knew this if is is that like if i stop you know i, I if i stop like pushing the ball forward that it doesn't move you know if I'm not actually working then work isn't getting done and so um I, I kind of got a lot of rules that I follow whenever I'm my boss and I found that I'm the biggest I'm the I'm the biggest asshole boss I've ever had and so like a lot of people say their bosses mean I've had some mean bosses and some super nice bosses but definitely whenever I am my own boss I'm the meanest one and so um you know, every day I'm on time for work, whenever it's just me, um, I'm dressed for work. Um, I don't day drink whenever I'm working for myself. So like a lot of places I've worked, you're allowed to drink while you work if you want to. And I don't, I don't do that um, for a lot of reasons. Um, and then the thing, the, the, the biggest one is just, um, you know, understand the value of my time. And so whenever I'm working, I'm not, you know, watching TV or, you know, looking at YouTube videos, like every hour that I can spend actually producing something I'm proud of is, you know, one step closer to being able to do that just all the time, you know? And so, um, it's kind of like, to me, if, if I was working here by myself and I'm watching, you know, Rick and Morty instead of working, it's kind of like cheating at solitaire, you know? I mean, nobody cares. There's not a, there's not a grown up that's going to smack you for it, but you're not, be, you're not any better for it you know and so um really realizing that my time is valuable to me uh is the biggest thing that i've learned and and i don't want to waste it you know i mean there's like a lot of times like if i'm saving something and it takes a long time you know i'll turn and work on you know i'll work on sketches over here while that's saving you know so i'm just you know really trying to stay on it yeah that's cool that's really it's good to be uh straight to yourself as well voice you end up like doing what I did at the start of the year. So I gave, I had like six months where I gave myself a bit of time to do this, do the design stuff and the podcast and things. Um, and then I eventually realized oh, I'm not getting as much money as I would like. I'm not getting any clients. So I decided to get a proper job and get headquarters there. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, I know a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, just, just, you know, do your own thing, do what makes you happy and all that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I've had bosses, I've had bosses that, you know, gave me $5,000 raises and that's like a hundred dollars a week, you know? And so that's life changing. And, you know, to say that you don't need a boss, well, that's just to say that you don't need somebody that could potentially change your life. You know, and I don't think that that's going to be true all the time, you know? Um, and so I, I don't think just being on your own is for everybody, you know, and I'm not on my, I have a job, you know, I work for a music festival, you know, and, and I love it, you know, and it, and it keeps me tied into the community and, and lets me do work that people see. And it gives me consistent work that I can do, you know? And so, um, 
and I have great coworkers that, that are all dedicated, you know, so um, it's, it's great. And, and plus you need to be around people, you know, I mean, it's like, I'm, a lot of times with pink slips, like we don't all, we're not there at the same time. And if we are, we're working, you know, and then whenever I'm here in my office, in my, in my office here, um, you know, it's just me. And so it's always good to have, you know, just even just somebody to, I don't even know, just occupy the same space as, you know. I think human interaction is, like you say, it's, it's a very, very important thing. Um, unless, you, unless you're really like your own company and you don't like other people. Uh, right. <laughs> I think it's a very, very healthy thing to have is if you be. It, it, definitely is. it definitely is. I mean, plus just, you know, sometimes you get trapped in these, like, you get trapped down these rabbit holes of kind of like toiling where you're just trying to like beat your head against the wall, trying to get a project done. And sometimes all you need is like another perspective and just be like, you know, hold something up and show it to somebody and be like, does this suck? You know, and they're like, no, this is great. You know, and or vice versa, you know, sometimes you think something's great and it's not good. And it was really like something that's way off of your artboard somewhere. That's got something to it. It's just somebody else needs to look at and see. Yeah. That's cool. All right. The last three questions I ask everyone. First of all, uh, what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars? Best purchase under a hundred dollars. Um, let's see, ever or recently? Like, yeah, both. <laughs> or, both. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. I bought a. I bought a. I bought a CD player. I bought a Pioneer uh, stereo for my first car that cost ninety nine dollars, and I probably wore that out. So most of my like high school life was probably based around my, my music and so uh, that was probably an important one uh early on um but recently let's see best purchase under a hundred dollars um i'm gonna have to say goodness all these black hats that i wear probably um <laughs> i have i don't know if you can see but i have like uh i have just these black hats like hanging up everywhere oh wow yeah so, um <laughs> Yeah, so I, I that's probably the most important thing for me now is my best purchases. These these, these hats I keep buying. Awesome. Uh, well, so I know that's a good answer. Uh, I'll we'll, we'll go with it. We've had, we had loads <laughs> of different answers to this. We had backpacks. We've had sketchbooks, um, plane tickets. It's been yeah, it's been really interesting to see what people say to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your best bit of advice to creatives? Um, just stick with it. You know, uh, there's going to be good times and bad times and, um, the good times give you stuff to brag about and to strive for and the bad times, uh, give you things to learn. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it feels like there's a lot more bad times than good times. And the secret is that there probably are a lot more just middle of the road, boring times because we are not rock stars. And even if we are rock stars, that's, you know, rock stars are only on stage for a minute and then the rest are traveling around or doing whatever. Um, it's the same thing, you know, uh, you know, strive for those, those peaks, you know, but, you know, don't think that just because you like reach one mountaintop means that you're just going to live up on that mountain. You know, a lot of times it takes a lot of work to get to those things and to find those opportunities or have those opportunities find you. So just stick with it, you know, and, and, and try to make today better than yesterday. As corny as that sounds, really, that's all you can do because I've been doing this for 20 years and if I, if I thought 20 years ago that I would be doing what I'm doing today, the way I'm doing it, I, there's no way I would have believed it. You know, it's like, it's crazy. I get to travel all over the world. 
I get to, I have, I have three different places I can work for all different people. I get, you know, I've been in magazines, I get awards, I get to go to conferences, I get to do all these things. And it's, it's, it's because I've just tried to make today better than yesterday. You know, I didn't find a secret formula. I didn't buy some magic beans or anything like that. You know, I'm just trying to make each day better than one before and, and accepting that it's okay when they're not. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Finally, how do you want to be remembered? Man, um, I want to be remembered. Uh, I don't. I, what I I don't want people to be surprised that I was right about things whenever I'm gone. Uh, let's see. I want to be remembered. Uh, I just, you know, I mean, the fact that I'd be remembered is really what I hope for. I I don't want to be remembered as boring. You know. Um, I grew up in the Midwest where I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel like there's a lot of opportunities and I didn't really have a lot of people that inspired me directly. And so I think if there's some people out there that they could say, you know, I was able to do this because of him or, you know, he inspired me to do better. You know, I think that that would be okay with me. Um, you know, obviously like I want my family to, to, to be happy with me but um i think really you know if i made a difference in a couple people's lives you know for the better you know then i'll, I'll be okay with that awesome awesome well thanks very much for being on the podcast yeah man this is awesome thank you for uh for doing this this is uh this is cool where can people find you and say hello to you and contact you uh you know instagram is the best i i have a twitter handle and all that and i have facebook but i don't I use Instagram um, and it's at Jason the 29th. Um, so yeah, follow me on there. And, uh, and you know, I try to stay, I stay active on there. I post work, I post some cool, I, I post funny stories. So that's, that's, that's where you get to see the real me. And then I, you know, I post some work on there, but, uh, but holler at me, you know, and then at the, I go to a lot of conferences. And I talk at a lot of conferences and, and I'm always like, I just, I like talking to people. So, if you see me at one of those things, just come up and say, hey, and tell me where you saw me and holler at me. Nice. Nice. Why the 29th? That's one thing I was going to ask. So uh, kind of this one's kind of funny. So like it's like the this combination. So there's like Friday the 13th with Jason. And so I'm real superstitious. So I'm not a big fan of Friday the 13th. But um, uh, 29 was like my number in sports. But it all comes back to uh, when I was in school in like the mid-90s and they like showed us the internet. And the teacher was showing us how we could set up our email. And I had this concern that like, I was like, I don't want to just go with Jason Craig at, you know, hotbot.com or whatever it is, because like, I was afraid I was like going to waste it. Like if I use Jason Craig then that like later on in life, like it wouldn't be available or something, you know? And so I came up with Jason the 29th, like, you know, as a handle um based on all that and then you know jason craig was never available after you know anyway but um that was just that was it was basically that and it's just stuck with me so um that's that's it <laughs> there's not there's not much better there's not a deep meaning to it or anything it's just this, it's just a play on friday the 13th nice thanks very much for being on the show Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Go and check out Jason and his work. It's absolutely fantastic. And if you want to learn more about the Creative Waffle Podcast and, and win a free book, just email in hello at bluededesign.co.uk 
and you could win a free book. Just the first person to enter in, the first person to email in, will get the free book. And it'll be a design book, uh, you get a, the choice of a few different books. But that is this episode's competition, so good luck. Don't forget to share with a friend, like it, comment it, review, whatever you want to do really. Uh, thanks very much for watching, and I'll see you in the next episode.